Good morning and welcome to Echoes of Calvary. This is your host, Greg Sweeting. Thank you for opening your home to us this morning. I invite you to now open your hearts and worship with us as we share from the Word of God. Stay with us as we share comments and illustrations with a spiritual application, present special music to call us to worship, and in a few minutes, Pastor Alan Lee will come to share insights from Scripture and explain how to apply God's Word that we might grow to be complete in Christ. I read in the news recently that Rabbi Ovadia Yosef died in Israel. He was 93 years of age. The article said that he was the leader of a group known as the Shepardi Jews. He was apparently quite famous and a leading figure in Israel, so well known, in fact, so loved and appreciated that they estimated 800,000 people attended his funeral the largest one ever held in Israel, it said. Can you imagine it? More than three-quarters of a million people so moved that they attend the funeral of a revered religious leader. The spokesman for the rabbi, one of his closest associates, announced to the waiting crowds at the hospital that while there had been some improvement at that moment, the end was in fact nearing for the rabbi. Then he said something that was startling and that caught my attention. To the crowds thronging the corridors of the hospital, he announced, and I quote, Now is the time to rip open the gates of the heavens. Unquote. Well, I'm sure there must be some Jewish background to make such a statement as that. It certainly does not convey the assurance that we of the Christian faith hold in such situations, especially for those who have placed their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ for their salvation. When the rabbi died, someone quoted a scripture from the Old Testament saying, The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Interesting how we share so many similarities of belief, but differ on some very critical ones. These faithful Jewish people, devout and steadfast, call for their fellow believers to rip open the gates of heaven to allow their departed leader an entrance. The one who gives and the one who takes away, they said. My Bible, because I also have the New Testament as part of my scriptures, conveys a much different entrance to glory for me and all of the other persons who have accepted Jesus as Messiah and Savior. To be absent from the body and death means to be immediately in the presence of the Lord himself. What a glorious prospect. So we do not sorrow as those who have no hope, no need to beseech the heavens to rip open the gates for our dear departed loved ones. I don't even know if there are any gates to pass through, even though we talk about St. Peter's gates. Immediately in the Lord's presence it is, face to face with Christ my Savior, face to face, what will it be when with rapture I behold him, Jesus Christ who died for me. There are some things I may not know. There are some places I can't go. But I am sure of this one thing that God is real. For I can feel Him deep within. My God is real. 
Some folks may die, some folks may sorrow, some can go on and leave me alone. But as for me, I'll take God's part, God is real, for I can feel Him in my heart. My God is real in my soul, my God is real, for He is washing me. I cannot tell just how you felt when Jesus took your sins away. But since that day, yes, since that hour, God has been real, for I can feel His holy power. My God is real in my soul.
no matter the popularity of the individual, no matter his function in this life, be it ordinary people or leaders of nations or leaders of churches and synagogues, when our time has ended, we will leave our earthly temples and go on to the next life, eternity. Will it be with the Lord of glory? The Bible says that there is only one way to the Heavenly Father. Regardless of what you read or hear otherwise, the Bible is very clear. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. In another place, he said he was going to prepare a place for us and that he would return personally to take us to be with him in heaven forevermore. So whether we die before the Lord returns or we are raptured into his presence at his appearing when he does come back, as he promised, he will receive us to be with himself. Scripture is clear. No need to beg for the gates to be ripped open. He will come and we will be with him forevermore. Hallelujah. and tried where I'm made to wonder why it should be thus all the day long while there are others living about us
With his message for today, here is Senior Pastor Emeritus, Alan Lee. Good morning and greetings again in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Last time, we concluded our message by emphasizing the fact that worship and service cannot be isolated. They must be integrated if it is to be true worship and true service. However, the study of any subject and much more so our study of worship must consider more than just the words themselves. The context in which these words are found can also add much to our understanding of the subject. And so, in addition to the ideas of humility, reverence, and service, the Bible includes at least four other essential facets of worship. The first is that of response. By this I mean that worship, from man's perspective, is primarily a matter of response. If we were to look at our subject from any other perspective other than the Bible, man would undoubtedly surmise that worship was something that he himself devised to give expression to inner desires and needs. However, and although man has been created with what has been called a God-shaped vacuum, we worship God not so much because we feel the need to do so, but rather because God has taken the initiative to reveal himself to us. And our response to that revelation is worship. He sought us out first. He made the first move, not us. He is the seeking God. It is not that man is seeking a God to worship, but rather that there is a God who is seeking man to worship him. This is a mind-boggling concept, but it is a biblical one we must not forget. The principle is similar to that of love. We are told in the scriptures, quote, We love, why? Because he first loved us. That's First John 4.19. In other words, love does not find its origin in man, but in God. Our love is only a response, a reflection of God's love toward us. So it is with worship. We worship God because he has made himself known to us and the fact that he is seeking worshipers. He has even instructed us how to worship him. This, conf this concept is reflected in Paul's letter to the Romans, where he says in chapter 11, verse 36, and I quote, From him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Friends, this is surely the case with worship. Fallen man could never approach a righteous and holy God. So God, in the person of Jesus Christ, 
made us just and righteous by his work on the cross. The Holy Spirit of God works within us to enable us to worship, and worship is directed toward the Father. Worship then is from God, through God, and unto God. And apart from God's revelation of himself and of how man can approach him in worship, man could never worship God in a way pleasing to him. And so I say again, my friends, God desires our worship. He seeks it. He desires genuine worship, worship that comes from a heart cleansed by the blood of Christ, energized by the Holy Spirit, worship that is characterized by humility and reverence and reflects itself in committed service to the triune God. This is the kind of response God is looking for from those who call him Father because of their faith in Jesus Christ. This is the kind of worshiper God is seeking. Are you then, am I, such a worshiper? To me, it is utterly amazing and awesomely profound to know that a holy, majestic, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present, wonderful God should actually be searching for those who'd worship him in spirit and in truth. But yet, that's exactly what his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, tells us in the Word of God. Now, we have looked at three of the primary words used in Scripture to translate our English word worship. Actually, they are three pairs of words, one in the Hebrew and one in the Greek, each being the counterpart of the other. They present three core characteristics of genuine worship, worship that is acceptable to God. These are humility, reverence, and service. Now, if you missed the earlier messages dealing with these aspects, please call or write to the church and request the cassettes on the topics of worship. Greg will give you the phone number and address at the close of the broadcast, as he always does. However, as we mentioned, the study of any subject, and much more so our study of worship, must consider more than just the words themselves. The context in which these words are found also to add much to our understanding of the subject. And so, in addition to the ideas of humility and service, the Bible includes at least four other essential facets of worship. I mentioned the first one already, that of response. But there's a second one that we must look at as well. We worship God because he has made himself known to us and the fact that he is seeking worshipers. He has even instructed us in his word to do so. And again, I say to you, it's important for us to understand that the initiative always begins with God. Now, this second facet or element in genuine worship, in addition to response, is the kind of worship God accepts. And this has to do with the element of adoration. You see, if worship is truly and fundamentally a response to a God who seeks genuine worshipers, what is the nature of this response? I believe again that it is the book of Psalms that gives us the answer. No book in all the Bible gives us a better pattern for praise and adoration in worship than the book of Psalms. Again and again we find the words, praise the Lord. To the psalmist, this is the spirit of worship, praise. We are told, for instance, in Psalm 22, 3, that God, who is a holy God, is enthroned upon the praises of his people, meaning that he is exalted and lifted up through praise. Listen to Psalm 100, verse 1. 
Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Notice how worship and service are included. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. End of quote. It is very clear, my friends. Praise is the outpouring of adoration toward God by a thankful, redeemed child of God. Now, we have much more to say about this, and we will do this a little later on. But in addition to worship being a response to God initiative and an outpouring of praise, a third element included in genuine worship is that of sacrifice. Now, of course, this aspect was central in the worship of Israel in the tabernacle and in the temple. In fact, in the very first instance where the word worship is used in the Bible, which is Genesis chapter 22, verse 5, it is used in the context of worship. It is in the context of Abraham preparing to sacrifice his son Isaac as God commanded him. Listen to his words to his servants. Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, and I and the lad will go together, and we will worship and return to you. The offering was termed worship. When David sinned by numbering the people of Israel, God stretched forth his hand with the plague. Judgment was prevented when David built an altar on the threshing floor of Ornan. Ornan offered to give the land to David, but David responded, and I quote now from 1 Chronicles 21-24, No, I will surely buy it for the full price, for I will not take what is yours for the Lord, or offer a burnt offering which costs me nothing. End of quote. In the New Testament, the idea of sacrifice continues to be prominent in worship, but rather than the sacrifice of animals or things, it is the sacrifice of self which is demanded. Hear the words of Paul in Romans 12 concerning this. Verse 1, I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Now, friends, it's very important for us to remember here now that he's talking about our entire beings. We are to commit our entire beings to God. This is a holy sacrifice. This is the ultimate in worship of God. When we offer our entire being to him, as a living sacrifice. In other words, as a sacrifice that will continue to pour out toward him praise and adoration because he is worthy. I say again, my friends, God has a most wanted list. And that most wanted list is made up of those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. The Bible is clear. God is seeking those who would worship him in spirit and in truth. I trust that you are such a person. As always, this is Pastor Lee saying, Selah, think and act on these things.
You have been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church in Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship service begins this morning at 11 o'clock in the sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We extend an invitation to you to join us on these occasions. If you would like to contact the church or Pastor Lee, address your letters to Echoes of Calvary, Post Office Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And so we come to an end of this broadcast. I invite you to think about the message this morning. Consider the one who is our Savior and Lord. Grow to be complete in Him. And remember, as echoes from Calvary stir in your heart, keep listening for that shout, Maranatha, the Lord is coming soon. There forevermore to stay. The great command is promised, he will surely come again. I am listening every moment for the mighty trumpet sound. What a time we'll have together when the saints shall leave the saints and our toiling will be happen in a moment, Jesus Christ could come again. I am listening every moment for the mighty trumpet sound. What a time we'll have together when the saints shall leave the ground. in